Zone Podcast. We lead the charge on site. There's great career opportunities in construction, whether you're in the field or in the office. I am pumped. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Work Zone. Uh, I'm your host, Riley. And I'm Kelsey. And we're excited for this one. We haven't had a podcast in a while. We're back. We're back. Yeah. So um, construction uh, is busy in Seattle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, And that's I, that's a good thing. It's a great thing for us. Absolutely. So um, we're excited to get back into it um, and uh, to go along with uh, hot construction worker summer. We have uh, Shelby McDaniel, um, who is a nutritional specialist. Um, uh, among uh, other things, um, you know, especially with the uh, mind-body approach to it. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to come and give us some tips, especially when you're busy and you just want to eat better, take a small step, improve your lifestyle, all of the above. She's going to be here and help us with that. those steps. Yeah, yeah. So uh, enjoy this podcast. And if you have any feedback, uh, reach out to us at podcast at northwestconstruction.com. With us today, we have a nutrition expert, Shelby McDaniel. We're really excited to talk to you. Thank you for coming on the WorkZone podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited. We're very excited too. So just to kick off so our listeners know a bit about you, we're hoping you can just give us an intro about what you do, how did you get into the field, uh, how many years you've been in it, whatnot. Yeah, certainly. So I'm a nutritionist and certified mind-body eating coach. So basically, I help really frustrated individuals overhaul things like binging, emotional eating, a lot of chronic overeating, lifelong dieting struggles. And I really help them develop a healthier mindset and relationship with food and ultimately improve their health. So um, I've worked with so many different kinds of people though over the years. Uh, my career began in just kind of the general weight loss department and then advanced to competitive athletes, professional athletes, bodybuilders. And, you know, I've just always wanted to continue to excel and explore new realms of nutrition. And so finally, I, I kind of got to the point where I wanted to have the biggest impact possible. And so that's basically what I do now is really big life-changing transformational work. Uh, so it's way more than just here's a meal plan kind of thing. Um, sometimes it's, you know, my clients, they don't know what to call me or explain what I do. So I like to tell them I'm kind of like a combination of Dr. Phil, Jillian Michaels, and Tony Robbins. <laughs> I have to kind of wear all kinds of hats, right? Yeah. I have to wear this life coach hat. I have to wear this nutritionist hat and counselor hat. Um, and I've always been drawn to this kind of work. I was an athlete my entire life. So like many, I'm really drawn to the health and fitness industry, but today with what I help people with, I'm also really passionate about, cause I battled my own issues with food, um, myself, especially during my time as a professional, uh, athlete myself. So I've been doing this now 20 years. I feel really old telling you that, <laughs> But I've been doing this 20 years and I've been online now for 12. Cool. Yeah. And I like, I like that approach. Uh, you're describing yourself as all those people, right? Cause it, it's not, it's not just, it's not just one thing, right? I mean, it's not just, oh, Hey, I'm going to eat a salad today and that's going to be great. Right? Like there's a lot of change you got to make, um, to right. go from an unhealthy life to a, a healthy lifestyle. 
Yeah, I think if it was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's so much yeah. more to it. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, going off that, right? I mean, you know, we all know we got to be healthier, but why? Why do you think nutrition is is important to talk about and have these conversations? Well, I mean, if we really look at health as a whole, health involves both, yes, our physical health and our also our emotional health, right? Both our physical and emotional well-being. And nutrition doesn't just impact our physical health, right? It also impacts our emotional health. And we don't think of nutrition as serving in that department, too. So ultimately, you know, we are the ones at the end of the day responsible for for how we do take care of ourselves as a whole. Right. Like not just on the nutritional front, but mentally, spiritually, intellectually, because without our health, we're not going to work. We're not going to be the best spouse. Um, We're not going to be able to contribute to our relationships or community and things that are important to us. So, you know, but like we were just talking, right, talking about nutrition in regards to just what we eat and carbs and macronutrients and antioxidants or so forth, they're vital, right? But knowing um, what we eat and what foods are healthy and others are important, but I have learned that what we eat is only half of the story of having good nutrition because like you said, many factors roll into how we do food, you know, life, emotions. We have some things maybe in our past or personal kind of inner world. It influences why we eat and and also what we eat and, and how we do food as a whole. And, you know, in, in just doing what I do, I really discovered that 50% of Americans really struggle with what we call their relationship with food. And these are, again, the individuals that I work with. And I know in my experience, my clients, they know what foods are higher quality, right? Like they know, they know I should be eating this. I know this is a better choice than that, but why isn't that enough, right? To get them to apply that sustainably. And it's because, you know, we're really bombarded a a lot of times by the diet industry media about dieting and weight loss. After years of dieting, many of my clients, they've been dieting for decades, Uh, And so we kind of get away from food just being food and we really develop this kind of black or white thinking around food. Uh, Many individuals struggle with a lot of fear and anxiety around food uh, where there's a lot of restriction and sort of binge cycles and emotional eating going on and a lot of distrust, right, with one's body. So knowing what to eat, again, is important, but it's not going to resolve those things that also influence how we do food. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think of like how many, how many fad diets are out there? Like how many, you know, I'm, I'm uh, 32 and how many like fad diets have I tried for like a, a couple weeks? Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like the quick fixes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's hard to be healthy and feel good emotionally. If you don't have a healthy relationship with food, you can know all there is about nutrition. I did too. Like when I was having my food struggles, I was teaching about nutrition. (laughs) You know, like most people know what to eat for the most part, right? So if we can get our relationship with food figured out, then that gives someone the best chances to really achieve optimal physical and mental health that really defines health. And this is going to be kind of a loaded question after this whole, your answer to that, but (laughs) what does optimal health and nutrition look like to you? That is a loaded question. (laughs) So, so I'll, I'll try to break it down a little bit. Um, I think optimal nutrition 
we'll start with nutrition for a sec because optimal nutrition is kind of part of the broader optimal health, right? Optimal nutrition, I think, and it'll probably be the opinion of other professionals as well, is eating mostly non-processed foods, okay? That's part of it. Any practitioner will encourage that. But it also, I believe, includes eating according to your body hunger and fullness cues, uh, eating for satiety, yes, eating for nutritional needs, any medical needs, but it also includes having a balance, right? You've got to have some balance in there, moderation, but without you know, the guilt and shame that many, many people silently struggle with. So that's sort of my, I would say, definition of optimal nutrition. But optimal nutrition doesn't define total optimal health, right? It's not, optimal health isn't just defined by what someone eats. And, you know, we really want to look at a person as a whole, emotionally and physically. So, you know, even that said, having a low weight doesn't even necessarily qualify someone as healthy because you can be uh, healthy and fit at sometimes a higher weight and you can be unhealthy at a lower weight, right? And so, nutritional eating patterns amongst individuals are just going to vary. So everybody's bodies are different, but I believe optimal health does include uh, optimal nutrition, but it also includes emotional uh, wellness, positive sleep hygiene, and physical activity. And, and that's why that's it's a loaded question because there have been some arguments, right, about what's the true definition of health? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, in, in my perspective, if you're emotionally happy, you're physically healthy in terms of your labs, right? Um, if you're engaged proactively in positive self-care processes, if all those boxes are checked, that's what I consider optimal health. And wherever your weight falls, it falls, as long as those boxes are checked. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just kinda wanna touch on like knowing your body um, because um, I, I know for me, like uh, hunger disguised as thirst, Mm -hmm. um, is a big one for me, but like, what are other, some other maybe, uh, uh, cues or, or, um, cover-ups like what thirst versus hunger, right? Like that we could judge in our bodies to, to build off of. Oh, you know, this is a big area that I really work with my clients on personally. And there's three big areas that I find why we eat is due to some other reason. And we call them triggers, right? So you just mentioned a physical trigger. Uh, thirst. Uh, other physical, I would say, top triggers would be fatigue. That would be a big one. Sure. Uh, maybe you're not feeling well. Like I have many clients that they have a stomach ache or they have a headache. They just want to eat to soothe. Um, we also have environmental triggers uh, like, oh, I saw that person eating it. Now I want it kind of thing. Or I saw those cookies on the counter and now I just can't stop thinking about them. But I, I think I would say the biggest trigger of all is emotional triggers. And that's where we're eating because we're stressed or we're eating because we're bored or we're eating because we're anxious, right? Um, we're eating because we're restless. And so those emotions can also mask uh, our hunger cues. But I've also discovered just to add to that, that we don't even sometimes give ourselves the time of day to even tune in mm. and just like stop and ask that question. Am I even hungry here? Like what's going on? And that's where you have to start. So if you find that you're just kind of going through the motions with grazing and eating foods all day long, this is a big tip that I give my clients. But if you find yourself 
having the urge to eat, just pause and ask yourself, am I hungry? That at least gives you a chance. Yeah. 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 You know what? Maybe I'm just thirsty, but we just go like a a thousand miles an hour during the day and we don't even give it a second thought. Um, And it's also, you know, we don't even take the time to eat. Half the time we, we put it off half the time we, you know, we don't prioritize it or, you know, we just think of the things, you know, you have to do this first in order to get, to give yourself the allowance to eat. And, and so again, it's like, we just keep ignoring it. And if that's, what's so profound, you know, people join me and they think they have, you know, a lot of big problems and, and trust me, many people do don't get me wrong, but sometimes it's just a matter of teaching them how to initially tune in to that initial, why am I even eating in the first place? It's like all of a sudden, Hey, those cues have been there the whole time. I didn't even realize it, you know? So that's hopefully helpful for some of your listeners that are eating really fast. They're not, they're just not even paying attention at all. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the, the triggers you describe, you know, I'm thinking about the construction industry, right? So you've got long hours, um, with Mm -hmm. high production. Um, so even taking a water break, um, is sometimes not even on the radar, right? And maybe yeah. you eat your lunch or maybe you work through your lunch because uh, you got to get the do- job done. Um, and, and then definitely the emotional side, right? I mean, out, out in the field, these guys are putting eight, 10, 12 hour days, um, you know, breaks, seeing families limited, uh, issues yeah. at home. Um, it all sounds like things that really apply to our industry. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's really hard too if you if you are working in a high stress environment, which I mean you could probably ask any human, do you feel stressed at work? And they'd say, Yeah. But you know, I think construction for sure is a whole other game, right? It's a whole other playing field. And that's what makes it difficult sometimes to be able to tune in is because stress really deregulates your appetite, mm. right? Deregulate it deregulates it purposely because if we if we kind of go back to hunter gatherer days, right, where our stress was that was our uh, our alert system, right? Where's the tiger coming from? Who's going to come after me and try to you know hurt me and my family kind of thing? And so when we're stressed, our body deregulates our appetites. So we're not distracted by hunger. We're not distracted by you know what maybe I should go eat that thing instead of being on guard to protect myself. And so that's also can happen even in today's world, even though we're not, you know, hunters and gatherers anymore, we got deadlines, we got projects we got to complete. And so it's very easy to, to literally not feel those cues. And that's where, you know, with my clients, I really have to build mindfulness about those kinds of things and help them get on a little bit more of an intentional, uh, sort of regular means to eating, like make sure that you, uh, maybe you have to set an alarm, you know, to remind yourself, uh, to check in. Maybe we need to make sure no matter what, if you're not feeling anything by this point, you still need to eat anyway, because when you do relax, you're binge eating later in the day thing. Right. So that's a, that's definitely a big one. Yeah. And to that point, so what are some eating habits that we should strive for? Like in terms of how often, um, what times, like, are there certain things that are better than others? Yeah. Well, I would say so, especially individuals in your industry, right? They've got long days, um, and they may be limited in terms of break times and, you know, lunch hours and so forth. So I would say for them, it would make sure that you eat before you go out the door. 
And because if there was going to be one time of day that, I mean, you can't mess up, (laughs) you know, you can't mess it up because your body is going to use what you put in there. It's that first meal of the day, right? It's like getting up and say you were camping, you know, outside overnight, you get up and your fire's out from your campground. What do you do? You got to start putting logs on that fire in order to get things going. That's kind of like how your metabolism is in the morning. And with that, if you're not fueling that fire, you're also going to think not as to your full potential, right? So your energy levels aren't going to be as great. So eating in the morning is is great for all aspects of health, you know, energy, uh, metabolism, weight, etc. So, um, but I think most people they think, well, I haven't eaten in the morning for years, uh, or I don't feel like eating, and maybe they don't feel like eating in the morning because they had a super big meal late in the day. So, like their entire eating rhythm is is kind of off, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you do have to kind of reset that and it might feel a little unnatural at first, right? So I would say, you know, for individuals eating more meals earlier would benefit pretty much any human. Um, there isn't a necessarily how many meals per day for should an individual eat? Cause that really can vary. There's people that will have two very well balanced meals a day and they feel great. And, and other people, however, I mean, I would feel like I'm dying on two meals a day, you know? So it really depends on how I like to call it complaints, right? What are the existing complaints that an individual is having that may require us to look at what we call the eating rhythm? And if somebody is, Hey, I'm gaining weight and I don't know why. And they're eating mostly late in the day and their biggest meal is late in the day. Then that would be a great example to, you know, take the advice of, you know what, let's flip some things around. Let's get a nice meal before we go out the door in the morning, maybe have some snacks in my cab or wherever, you know, they're out on the work side in your pocket if you have to, to get a little bit more in a little bit sooner in the day. Uh, But if an individual, let's say, is eating two meals per day, and they're not having any complaints, and we don't need to go after that. Sure. But most people, I find, don't eat enough in the first half of the day, and they need a little bit of resetting work to do here. Um, and even if they do eat uh, earlier in the day, oftentimes it's not high quality either. So it's like they're just eating stuff, not really fueling their body very well. So for for most humans, they would benefit from having, again, higher quality food earlier and just eating earlier in general. And when somebody is just starting out, let's say for me, I, you know, I have to take each case independently, but three meals per day, I think is pretty safe. It'd be pretty safe. Like you probably can't go wrong with that uh, suggestion. Does that mean you can't win with four or five small meals per day? No, absolutely not. But if you're looking to just, what's a step for me, I would look at uh, what are you eating the first half of the day? Does it make sense maybe to have a meal earlier? And, and you can sort of recondition that circadian rhythm. And I like to put it like this. Think about if you got a new job that required you to get up at wee hours in the morning and you're not used to getting up at wee hours in the morning, right? How would you prep your body to be prepared for that? You would say, okay, you know what? Whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to go to bed at a certain time. And whether I feel like it or not, I'm going to get up at a certain time. And what happens is after you do that a couple times, 
your sleep circadian rhythm starts to adjust, right? It's like, okay, I'm ready to go to bed early. I'm ready to get up a little bit earlier. It's the same. We have actually what's called a nutritional bio circadian rhythm. Hmm. And so sometimes we need to reset that as well. So if you, if you're looking to do that because you have some existing complaints, go for it. Just know it's expected that it's probably not going to feel real natural right away, but it will get more natural the more that you continue to practice that new rhythm. Yeah, it, it kind of makes me think of, um, I know I'm super guilty of this, but um, it is a term I, I recently learned, but sneak eating. Um, okay. And I... I've never heard that term. Yeah, sneak eating. Yeah. So I like, I in, in, when I go to bed at night, I convince myself that I've had my three meals a day, mm. you know, uh, cause, um, but uh, I don't think about, oh, I had, um, I went to the gas station and I got a corn dog mm. um, <laughs> in my truck, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I'm like not having that consistency because yeah. uh, I'm sneak eating and I'm convincing myself I'm not, you know, taking in calories. Yeah. Yeah. So what is sneak eating? Is that something like you don't want other people to see what you're eating? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's a little of that. Right. So it's like you're you're eating when um, other people aren't around um, or, you know, like like let's say you have your meals with other people, but then you like. Like in my case, after work, I may go to the gas station and fuel up and I might buy a snack or something that's inconsistent yeah. when I would normally eat. Um, and I eat yeah. it in my truck so that nobody can see me. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that before. Yeah. That's really interesting because there's a, you know, you're, you're experiencing some sort of like guilt and shame with that. Right. Yeah. And it's like, why are we morally bad? Because we wanted something fun, yeah. you know? So you know, and that, that also goes into what we teach about, which is just balance, you know, like whatever you're going to have, just enjoy it. Like there's not one food, right? That if you have that one food, you're automatically going to gain weight overnight. If you have that one food, that one time that you're going to feed the cancer cells in your body, but we just, we live in such a all or nothing society now, right? It's like, instant gratification. If we can't do it all and we can't, you know, get our success in such a short period of time, it's like, forget it. But we don't, we, that's where we, we don't need to do that. Right. If you want something, okay. But we also have to be responsible in the big pictures. How does everything else balance out? If we're eating corn dogs all day long, then we're probably going to have some problems. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's all about the balance. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good thing to transition in this is, is quality of food. Um, and what we're putting into our body because um you know i just gave my example and i know a lot of guys in our industry are getting food where they buy their gas right yeah. or uh you're hitting the the drive-through um yeah so how you know how important is quality of food and and um uh i'd also you know i'm curious to know about foods that um, maybe prolong uh, or reduce that hunger um as they go through my day well you know if we're looking to prolong our health um, and have a more productive day, we're looking at what we call high quality foods. And, and what does that mean? It means not tainted by man <laughs> for the I'm most sure. part, like what's real food. And sometimes, you know, individuals are taught a way to eat their whole life, you know, because of their parent and how maybe, you know, the mom or dad or other influential member of the family, you know, ate growing up. And so that was passed along. And so taste buds evolve opposite of where we want them to go. So, you know, our taste buds though, you know, can be retrained. So that's the good part. Some people will say like, oh, well, I don't like this and I don't like that. Well, you don't have to like every single healthy food. 
You don't. But I'm sure there's something that you do like, yeah. right? So when we talk about high quality, we're talking about like real meat or fish. We're talking about fruits and vegetables that you enjoy. Same with meat or fish. We're talking about things like nuts and seeds. Okay, so not like the nuts with all of the M&Ms and all of that <laughs> stuff. I mean, I could just like eat that for days. But, you know, it's, it's just not going to be the best foods for us because things that we tend to buy that are processed, like the corn dogs, um, chips, uh, things that, you know, are very readily available and cheap at the convenience store, you know, they provoke, they usually have a lot of what we call added sugars. And that's really, it's, it's something that we want to keep our eye on, uh, is the foods with added sugar. You can literally look on the label and it'll say added sugars. And I would just try to steer clear of the majority of them. Not that you can't ever have something like that every once in a while. We're not, this is, I'm trying, we definitely don't want to promote, you have to avoid something in its entirety for the rest of your life. That sucks, who wants to do that? But if you're having a lot of foods that have added sugar in it, like all the little, the, the little tasty treats that you can buy at 7-Eleven and stuff like that, that is ultimately going to what will feed your higher risk of disease. Because one, you're not getting nutrients. You're not getting nutrients from higher quality foods that in essence protect us. Because you think about the, think about our environment, right? If we look at produce, right? We look at earthy foods, uh, potatoes, for example, carrots, broccoli, fruits, um, things that are natural, okay? They have to survive in the elements. And so what that means is there's protective mechanisms that they carry, like phytonutrients that protect them in their environment and fight disease out in their environment. And so when we consume such foods, we also kind of get to consume their superpowers and their protective elements. And that's why it's not just about the calories, right? Because you can have 100 calories of uh, like brown rice, right? For example, whole grain brown rice or 100 calories of Doritos. And I'm going to choose the person that does 100 calories of brown rice every single day of who's probably going to have optimal health. But not only that, if we're looking at how can I just feel satisfied where I, I don't need as much food, right? And I don't have to think about food like, oh, my gosh, I'm starving. Where can I go buy something? Real food, right? Nutrient-dense food is what your body wants. And when you give it that, it's like end of story. Yeah. It's not going to want all of these other things. When you don't give it what it needs because you're just going only for convenience and, you know, it just maybe hasn't been priority a priority or maybe there's just uh, a lack of education that, that needs to kind of happen in terms of what other better options are there in terms of nutrient-rich kind of foods, then your brain and your body are like, dude, where, where I need to eat again. I didn't get anything in here. And so it will create more cravings naturally because your brain and body care about one thing and that's living. It's just surviving. So if it doesn't feel like, Hey, I got what I needed, you're going to be hungry again. And that's where, you know, the diet industry is really sneaky. Okay. All of these, um, you know, foods that are engineered, that aren't natural, that really aren't real food or whole food is how we like to call them. They are literally engineered to create, make our brains crave more of it. So we eat more of it, therefore stay a consumer. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah. You know, it hurts our health, but you know, follow the money, yeah. follow the money, all those studies. It's, it's really, it's really disturbing. Yeah, it is. Um, so I'm curious, like if you go to the gas station, if that's like a regular thing for people, um, and grab a snack, 
like how do you suggest they people break a habit or take a step in the right direction to create a new habit and what would you recommend that could be yeah well one you know one i, I would suggest that they kind of keep their eyes open for what other options are there because a lot of times you know we have a a filter in our brain that if we're if we're not searching for something, you're not going to see it, right? It's just like, you know how you meet somebody new and it's like, I never saw this person before. Now you see them everywhere. Yeah. So it's like like now you're searching. You can you can you're searching for this person, you see them everywhere. So you know if someone's listening to this, they they will then be able to take this and say, well, where are maybe some other options? And you might say, you know what, I could probably get that there. I could probably get a better option there. I could probably get a better option there that isn't the gas station. And then, you know, you just proceed to do that. But if there really isn't anything, you know, it's it's hard. It is what it is, right? When you go to the gas station, you know, it's like apple pies and tasties and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But sometimes you can do protein bars. That would be one thing. Uh, you know, they're not all great tasting, so you might have to go through a couple. There are definitely some some nut mixes. You can do jerky. Uh, that's higher protein. It might make you feel a little bloated because they're, they're pretty high in salt. So, you know, if you've got high blood pressure, I wouldn't go all day on those. Uh, but off the top of my head already, those are just some quick ones that you could go to instead of something like, you know, as like a sweet treat, a sweet treat. But, you know, the other thing here, too, is it's not out of question that you take something with you. You know, I mean, we live in the world today where like things have to be convenient, have to be convenient. And now we have the opportunity to be resourceful. We have the opportunity, you know, they make not, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that, you know, your construction workers do this, but I'm just giving as an example, they make coolers like for yeah. your car and you can plug it into the lighter if you wanted to. I mean, if you really wanted to do something, you could find a way to do it. Yeah. So sometimes it's just taking the initiative and say, you know what, I'm going to take two minutes, two minutes the night before or the morning of, and I'm just going to make a turkey sandwich. And let me tell you, a turkey sandwich is a thousand times better than some tasty, sweet little snack that you're going to get at 7-Eleven. And all you had to invest in was two minutes and make sure that you had some of that food available. That's it. That's it. It yeah. doesn't have to be this big, you know, leap of change and effort to make a big impact on your health or just on, you know, your daily energy levels. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I mean, you know, we're talking, you know, the construction industry and construction workers are are uh, people that um, build and engineer some of the biggest, most amazing things um, in the <laughs> world, right? But when it comes to building and engineering yourself, um, yeah. it's hard to step back and be like, uh, oh, oh, yeah, you know, I, I got to do that. <laughs> building and engineering your turkey sandwich. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's so true. And you know, I work with a lot of, same thing, I work with a lot of really smart people. You know, these are business owners, VIPs, um, people who have their stuff together. But it's, you know, it's like this drive, right, that makes us so successful in so many areas of our life, right, it, that can also be like almost like our enemy at the same time. Um, because some, it sounds like your engineers, right, for example, there's like, they know how to go at it and crush it every single day, mm -hmm. right? They pedal to the metal every single day. They get it done. They get it done. I like to put that in a context of, you know, how to be Superman 24 seven and you got the laser beam eyes and you got the cape on all of the time. But most of the time we just don't know how to be Clark Kent. Yeah. We just don't know how to be Clark Kent. 
like take two minutes and, you know, don't look at it from time pulling away from your productivity. Think about what you're, the opportunity that you're missing to contribute to your productivity. Because if you just stop for two seconds to either make something for yourself to bring or just stop to eat, uh, hydrate, you're going to think better. You're going to work more efficiently, right? You're not going to be just completely exhausted at the end of the day. So you're going to contribute more to the home front, right? So there's too many perks that you're missing out on by not taking a few minutes of initiative to stop and take care of yourself. Because again, it, if you don't take care of yourself, no one will. Yeah. You have to do that. No one can do that for you. Yeah. And so when we approach food and, and you've got the nutritional facts on the back, right? And, you know, there's, there's calories, there's macros, there's micros, um, you know, if, if you're just, you know, trying to make some healthy habit uh, changes, um, yeah. what, what should we be looking for, um, you know, as far as that goes? Yeah, well, I think you want to, first of all, shop more on the perimeter of the grocery store. And I'm sure you've heard of that. Some of your listeners have probably heard of that, but I will reemphasize that again, because that's where you're going to get real food. Yeah. What high quality food is you start to get into some of the inner aisles. That's where we get more processed carbohydrates, a lot more added sugar and a lot of chemicals and things that our bodies are just not made to take on. And so, you know, but I obviously have a pantry of foods that have nutrition labels and stuff like that. So we have to be realistic. That's just, not, that's not where everybody is right now. It's not where everybody's going to be tomorrow. So here's what I, I would advise. One, look for the added sugars, right? We look for the added sugars, make sure that it's minimal to zero. And then I would look at the ingredient list, right? And what are the first couple ingredients? Cause that's what you're going to get the most of in that particular product. And if it's something fake, I wouldn't go for it. It should say like brown rice, flour, right? Simple. The ingredient list should be short. And, you know, and sometimes that's frustrating because as you start to go on this sort of uh, label sleuth sort of mission, you find that, gosh, like this stuff is filled with just stuff. Yeah. I never realized it before, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing that you're learning that. So when it comes to budget, that's a huge thing that we want to factor in as well. People, and myself included, when I think of unhealthy versus healthy, I would think that healthy eating um, costs more. Is, is that true? And um, how can people eat healthy on a budget if, you know, that's a huge yeah. goal? Well, I think yeah, that's, that's definitely a good question. I think that there's some things that sure will cost more and there's some things that won't. Yeah. So I think that I would get it out of your head if you think, well, I can't eat healthy because it's too expensive. That's just a belief. It's a lie. Maybe we've heard or we're telling ourselves. And again, we're, we're missing out on the opportunities to find, well, what is budget friendly? That is at least a step healthier or, you know, kind of an ultimate option for us on a daily basis. Another way that you can look at this too is if there are some things that might be a little bit more uh, costly up front, and I would say it would probably more in the realm of like maybe some higher quality meats, might you probably find a little bit more costly, but you know, there's a good return on that investment. So there might be a little upfront cost sometimes, but you know, you're going to have a lesser of a cost on the back end because you're going to have less of the medical bills, mm, right? And, sure. and not just about money, like there's also a cost 
of not investing in those quality foods because again, what you put in your body impacts more than just weight. It's your sleep, it's your digestive, it's it's your immune system, right? Uh, it's hormones. We we need those foods. So, and again, we live in this world today, right, where it's all about being resourceful. It's all about being resourceful. I mean, you can freaking have done for you high quality meals delivered to your front door if you really wanted to. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, you could have that done and it would be worth it because you're not getting all this other crap that makes you feel lousy that ends up causing you to eat more anyway. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Remember, high foods, you don't need as much of it. You will be satisfied with less. So when you compare that to the more processed foods where it's causing you more cravings, it's causing you to eat more, it's causing maybe some binge episodes for people, overeating episodes for people, okay? Uh, you know, having more of this craving for sugar, those things are going to cost you. You better believe it. Yeah. So we have places like Aldi's today. Have you guys ever been to Aldi's? Uh, no. no, I've never been to one. I, do we okay, have one so, in, in here in Seattle? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so I want you to check out Aldi's. Okay. I want anybody who hasn't been there to check it out. I was, I didn't know what Aldi's was e- either for many years, and I thought like it was like really crummy foods that were in there. Um, but Aldi's has really changed their inventory to be a lot of very healthy food, but at a much lower cost. You can get a lot more organic foods, cheaper than non-organic foods in the typical grocery store. So that's where a lot of people do find shopping to be a little bit more budget-friendly is at places like Aldi's versus going to Whole Foods, right? Like I, I live out in the country, so the nearest Whole Foods for me is like 50 minutes away. And, you know, and it's beautiful and it's luxurious, but you're also gonna pay for that. So again, it's just about, you know, being resourceful and, you know, I, and I will probably talk about this, you know, um, as we go through this, um, interview, but Google, like Google is your BFF right now, right? Budget friendly, healthy snacks, Yeah. healthy snacks on a budget. It takes five minutes. It takes five minutes. So again, if you're telling yourself, uh, it's too expensive, I don't have a chance. You're going to miss that opportunity to take five minutes. You're going to get a couple ideas in just that time investment. Yeah, I actually just Googled if we, there's an Aldi's nearby, <laughs> and there's none in the area. But, oh, bummer. But I do have a recommendation. Um, Walmart, do, Walmart does okay. have really great prices, and they have healthy foods that you can find there. But what really was a game changer for me was their grocery pickup app. Like, you can order it, and then – you just drive and they load the groceries in your car and you leave and it's so easy and you just have to, you know, prep the order, you know, yeah. the, night, the day before, the night before, whatever, and then like pick it up on your way home from work. And it just, I mean, I, the thought of going to grocery stores sometimes, I just, it, I don't know what it is. It just sometimes <laughs> feels just insurmountable. Like yeah. I do not want to go to the grocery store, but just picking it up on the way home. Absolutely. So and that's resourceful. That's being resourceful. And I feel you again, I live in the country. So like Walmart's the place to be like yeah. that's shop. Lucky for me next door is Aldi. So I get the best of both worlds. Yeah. Um, it comes to more affordable produce and, and stuff like that and buying things that I probably don't need. Right. Like you go in for five things, you come out with 10 kind of thing. But you know, if I could just add to, you know, to make all of this come to fruition here, 
the individual has to have a reason and it can't be just a should, right? Like it has to be something meaningful. So otherwise you're not going to do it. You're not going to want to make these changes. So that what called the why, like that why has to be something that's non-negotiable, mm-hmm. right? That's very internal and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to match up what we feel it should be, you know? So if someone's uh, motivation to want to get healthier is to, you know what, I don't want to, you know, miss out on my grandkids, even though my son's only eight, I don't, I don't want to miss that part. Like maybe his dad was, was gone too early or something like that. Right. Missed out on his kids. Uh, maybe it's something else in, you know, in its entirety, whatever that is, it is, but you have to find that because otherwise if you're doing it just to police somebody else, forget it. You're going to find a reason to not do it. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's so important, at, you know, and talking about, you know, investing in yourself, but, um, investing in your family. When, when I got to job sites, like what I find is people love talking about their kids um, and, you know, what they did over 4th of July or, you know, their, their son or daughter's baseball tournament, you know, and you're, you're not only investing in yourself, but you're, you're investing in your family's health and then you're passing right. on healthy eating habits to your kids. Absolutely. That, absolutely. And look, the individuals, many of the individuals that I work with are 1000% influenced by how their mom and dad or significant, you know, a family member ate, you know, whether that's to clear your plate because you don't waste food Mm. kind of thing or, you know, healthy food just wasn't very popular in that household, whatever it is, you are passing it on. So again, whatever that I think it's a great point, it maybe has nothing to do with you. Maybe it is about your family. Maybe it is about somebody else, but you have to grab onto that and really make that, you put it, put a reminder, put a picture somewhere if you have to. And that might sound silly, but we're human. We all get distracted. We all get distracted. So sometimes a good visual reminder, a quote or something like that, and be really helpful as a reminder. Why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. What's in me? Yeah. It'll keep you motivated. Yeah. 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 And, and I, you know, yeah, I, I, you probably agree with the statement, but it's, you know, it's very much a holistic approach, right? I mean, we're, we're talking about healthy eating habits, healthy, um, you know, family life, home life, um, Mm -hmm. you know, um, those external factors, um, probably play a huge role in your day-to-day eating. Right. Um, and, and that's where that whole mind body approach, right. It's a holistic approach that we got to have. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. That's where, again, nutrition is only knowing what to eat is only kind of half the story, but we're not taught that. Yeah. We're taught that it is the whole story. And that's where, you know, people run circles around dieting for years. It's like, oh, it must be me. It must be me. No, <laughs> we're, we're, you know, we're emotional eaters. There's more that goes into our eating than just facts yeah. and just facts. So, and I, you know, what people are missing is, you know, different. And that's what I do is I help people kind of fill those gaps. Yeah. And a lot of our team ha- have families that they live with yeah. and I'm sure, have meals together. And, um, and so if someone wants to shift their eating habits, it's prob it's probably going to affect more than just themselves. Sure. Um, how do you recommend they, people go about that? You know, maybe I could see that being a roadblock. Um, just if yeah. not everyone is on the same page as you, like their why is not there. Yeah. Then how do you navigate that? 
Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um, you know, just because you want to change doesn't mean that everybody else has to change yeah. with you. I mean, would that make it easier? Probably, right? But it doesn't make it impossible. You know, oftentimes I'm kind of the only person at the time when an individual is ready to change. It's one reason why you know they're they're seeking help is because they they need that support system, right? They they need to have different kinds of conversations. They they that are productive in terms of health, right? And and improving their health. Um, so if you want to change how you're taking care of yourself, you just don't use the excuse of, well, the lack of participation is stopping you from, you know, that I can't do it because so-and-so is not doing it. Right. Cause everybody, like you said, everybody's kind of in a different space. Everybody has their own journey with food. So, and it is difficult though, when one person is like, you know what, I want to make some changes. And the other one's like, not ready for that yet. <laughs> so, but I don't think that there's a need to always make two separate meals all the time, sure. right? Um, for yourself and then for your family. Um, more than likely, it might be a matter of just tweaking kind of what you're currently doing, right? Again, it doesn't have to be this massive overhaul. Little changes in your meals can make a big difference. Uh, so sometimes just some sim simple uh, swaps will be helpful. Um, so for example, if you know the family's used to having spaghetti and meatballs, all right. You could, it's not that you can't have carbs. Maybe you just look at having a little less of them or include a salad with that, or you could easily just pick up, uh, and these are things that you learn over time. Okay. So I'm pulling this off the top of my head because I've been doing this for 20 years, mm. but find these things out, you know, very quickly as you kind of get in there. Cause you're looking now you're looking for what other options are there. They're right there. You just haven't been looking yet. Right. So, but a quick swap in that example would be, well, let me just get a microwavable steamable bag of zucchini spirals. Oh yeah. You, you, yeah. you put it in the microwave, you drain it, and then you put you put your spaghetti sauce and tomato and uh, meatball on top. Done. Okay. So it's these little tricks, like you said, that as you start to look for them, you can you can apply it. Your crock pot meals, I think, would be a very easy sort of transition. Um, no matter who who is doing the cooking, because crock pot meals are they're, you can make it in bulk. You know, everybody's happy. They're very visually appealing and they're also really tasty. Like you can get some really awesome crock pot meals that whether somebody's on a health journey with you or not, they're going to like them. Yeah. So you can Google some really great healthy crock pot recipes that the whole family will love. The one thing that I'll just say, let's say, you know, someone is teaming up with their significant other and they're like, you know what, let's do this together. And that's a really awesome thing. One, one thing though, that I would do is just respect others that are trying to make attempts to improve their eating habits. I would really caution. Okay. I would really caution that you don't get into the habit of saying, should you be eating that? Mm, yeah. Is that what you be eating? Because look, everyone's going to go through what they got to go through to get where they want to go. And if you just think that they're going to be thinking exactly like you do and should be doing exactly like you do, like, forget it. You're going to get into arguments. Okay. So trying to nag them is only going to make it harder. And you also want to watch for some kind of codependency behaviors, right? Like, well, I'm feeling bad and I want to stuff my face with Cheetos kind of thing. And you know, your partner's working really hard. Don't invite them in to be like, Hey, do you want to come do this thing with me? Like, why would you want to do that? And vice versa. Don't, don't join them. If they want to do that, that's their choice. Yeah. Let them, they're going to have to work through their own stuff. That's okay. 
you know, just support them as best you can. But it doesn't mean that you have to do it with them because they're doing it. And then nobody's getting anywhere, right? You can learn and grow from each other. That's how you support each other. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, married a, a, a gluten and dairy intolerant uh, free uh, woman. So um, oh. I, my whole life changed. Um, <laughs> So, you know, every so often, you know, I got a bag of shredded cheese, so I'll add some, some cheese to uh, the meals. But uh, generally speaking, we're just making one meal, right? <clears throat> and uh, yeah. it's, it's usually yeah. gluten dairy free and it, it took some time to get used to. Uh, um, but um, I, I find that the taste isn't compromised with how we're cooking. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, one thing I would add is where do I even start as far as what do I look for? Like, where, like literally like, how do I find foods or recipes? And I, again, here comes our friend Google. I love Google because Google is one of the best resources for us. Sometimes you can get a little too overwhelming, right? Cause then we could research everything and then we get caught up in too much information. But what I would suggest, again, if we're looking for real food, right? We just want high quality food that tastes good. If it tastes good, like it's going to be a bonus. It's high quality, right? So I like to recommend my clients to use search terms like Whole30, okay, W-H-O-L-E, and then 30, um, or paleo. And not that I'm recommending they do those diets. There's very, you know, more restrictive diet plans that, you know, is being pushed and there's, there's good intentions, but at the end of the day, it's still a diet and it'll still create dieting rules. So the only reason I use those in search terms is because there's going to be no ifs or buts about what kind of search results you're going to get. You're going to get high quality foods. So so, so search for things like whole 30 crock pot ideas, mm, yeah. whole 30 snack ideas, or add some search terms like beginner whole 30 breakfast ideas, easy or fast paleo snack ideas. And again, it just takes a few minutes of being resourceful and you got it. You just got it to go get it. You got to order it however you want to do it, but it's all within your reach. So if you're looking for it, you'll find it as long as you stay resourceful, but you don't need this. I have to do a makeover of every single thing that I'm doing in the next 24 hours. And I have to put it all in color coded containers overnight. No, just start with one thing. Start with one thing. Maybe that is a breakfast. Okay. Start there. If everything else in the rest of your day still remains the same, guess what? You still took a step forward and then you'll add more from there. So take your time, be patient because really changing your lifestyle and your eating habits, it's not a linear process, it's not a linear process. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to go along with the food, um, hydration, uh, I just want to yeah. talk about hydration for a little bit. Um, yeah. so, uh, I'm not going to call it this person by name. Um, but, uh, does, does root beer, count as hydration? <laughs> well, I hope my giggle gave my answer away. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, high sugar drinks like that, even Gatorade, right. Can actually be very dehydrating. Oh, and not only that, you know, when you're eating, you're drinking root beer, like for during the day, all you're doing is spiking your blood sugar. Okay. And yeah. so when you're, when your blood sugar is spiked, um, your body now has to release insulin. And that's where when you spike your sugar all the time and you abuse that over years and years, that's where it's very easy to, to um, develop adult onset diabetes, right? Because your body stops responding to your insulin because it's like, I'm tired of doing this stuff. They're not responding anymore. I can't regulate my sugar anymore. Mm. So, but you also have energy crashes with just sugary drinks. Even um, 
you know, things that, again, this can be deceiving, but if you guys know of, um, well, what's it called? Like the smoothie machine or something like that. Um, naked juice or something. I think sure. it's a naked, naked machine, naked, something like oh, that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It looks to be all health. But if you look at the back of it, it's like 40 grams of sugar all at once wow. being dumped. And so we just want to watch. That's where you just bring awareness to the food labels. It's too much sugar at once. So it will be dehydrating. It will only, um, take you further away from having optimal energy things that, um, to really help you stay hydrated would just be water. But if that's boring, put some lemon in it. Uh, you could also do things like coconut water. Coconut water is very hydrating. It has some really vital electrolytes. That'll be a much better substitution than something like root beer. Mm-hmm. Is there a, um, like, you know, I've heard like, Oh, you should have eight cups or this many ounces per body weight. I mean, is there a, a, a industry standard on how much water you should drink? Well, it, to each individual is different. Um, you know, and that might sound repetitive because it's just true. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, you know, I'm five, two, and if somebody is much taller than me and has, you know, a bigger body, uh, more muscle, it's going to, they're going to require more water than me. Mm-hmm. So, um, I would say, and, and you also have to take note of where you're starting at. You know, I have a client who she was doing like 16 ounces a day of water. I'm like, you're like, I don't know how you're not on the floor, but she wanted to go to like jump from 16 ounces to a hundred ounces. And I'm like, Whoa, hun, you're going to be like peeing every two seconds if you do that. And that's going to feel like you're drowning yourself in water. So again, what's a step. So I would say for most humans, minimum 64 ounces would be like, here's like absolutely non-negotiable. If you're not, if you're not doing that right now, it'll be a good starting point, but aim higher than that. Your urine should be, as you, you know, go to the bathroom throughout the day should be more clear or straw colored. And if it's not, and more than likely, if it's not, then you're probably not even going frequently enough. And so that's your signs of, you know what, I need to get a little bit more hydration in. And just start bumping it up a little at a time. Some mm-hmm. people do really well with goals. So if you have a water bottle, instead of just winging it and waiting for water to come to you, take a water bottle to work. So you know what, I want to get this 16-ounce water bottle in by noon. Making little small goals like that will keep your eye, will keep you on the prize. Yeah. And we're not talking about chugging two bottles in the morning and calling it a day, right? I mean, we're doing consistent drinking over the day. Right. And because what happens if you don't get it during the day, you're more than likely going to feel like you need to do it at night and then you're going to be up at night going to the bathroom. And then here we, now we have lack of sleep, which also influences our health, right? Sleep is so crucial. And, and many people overlook that in terms of how do I become physically healthy and emotionally healthy, right? You have to sleep. You got to know how to turn it off at night. And sometimes that's where the work needs to be done. Well, how can I wind down a little bit better? Because I'm thinking about what I got to do in the morning. And I got to think about this and I get it. Like I own two businesses. So it's like, how do I, it's a skill, right? How do I learn to shut that off? Um, But sleep is absolutely vital to everything about our health because we don't sleep. Everything is stressed. And when we're stressed, we're releasing cortisol, releasing insulin. We are completely really deep. We're really not aligned with our body well, our appetite's off, right? Our cravings are off. Um, and you know, we're provoking more and more and more inflammation, inflammation and inflammation is really at the root of essentially any disease. This has been very helpful. Yeah. I, I, I'm really excited about this cause I, I have my own personal changes that I need to make. Um, <laughs> and, uh, 
yeah, I, I feeling I think motivated. I learned, yeah, I feel motivated. I'm, in, I'm yeah. inspired. Yeah. Um, and for people who want more support or want to continue this, but think that they just need a little more support than just this podcast. Um, what, what do you offer and like, what steps do you recommend that they take in general? If, you know, yeah, well, I have a feeling, well, there's a couple ways that, you know, people can go about this. It really depends on what their needs are. Some people just need some education, but I have a feeling it's probably going to be more in that mindset realm right? That we're going to need to do the most work because you could Google what foods are healthy and you'll get, you know, all the information in the world. So what I would do, um, you can visit my website. It's Shelby McDaniel, M-C-D-A-N-I-E-L.com. And I have some free resources there, um, especially if you are struggling with things like overeating or binge eating, uh, just you know, I, people's goals and what they tell me are really profound. Like if you feel, I had one person say, I just feel like I'm a slave to food. I feel like I'm a slave to food. Like I try to eat right, then it just drags me in and I can't control myself. That That's really, really common. Most people don't talk about it. Okay. So, um, what you can do is just uh, take advantage of some free resources that I offer on the website. I do offer coaching in multiple formats. One of the things I'm most proud of, um, that's kind of new within the last year is, and we really developed, um, what we call the diet freedom membership. And what this is, is just a super low, like super budget friendly, where we're talking about budget, budget friendly, um, like all in one hub to help you with your eating. So we work on what you eat, but also why you're eating and all these other behaviors that just aren't, you know, working for you and you can become a member and myself and other coaches are involved in that. And we really chip in and, and help you, but you can find out more information on the website. That's awesome. Amazing. Yeah. And it's available. It's not just the East coast, right? Uh, us here in Seattle can take a advantage oh, of this, yeah. which is great. From all over the world. So it's not just in the U S so absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. Great. Well, uh, Shelby, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, it's been really great to have you and, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this one. I think it's going to inspire a lot of people. Good. Sure. Good. Thank you for the opportunity to, uh, share a positive message. Yeah. Mm-hmm.